We are blessed. Doesn't mean everything's perfect in our life and everything's going the way you want it to go, but in the grand scheme of things in life, we sitting here right now are blessed. Do you believe that? I hope, I hope you do. I hope you do. I hope if you don't feel blessed, you'll be blessed. Even if the air conditioner is still not working the way we hoped it would work, but we're still blessed. We're still very uh, should be very thankful for what it is that we have. This morning we had our first uh, adult Bible study at 9 o'clock this morning. 16 plus people in the room. Great start. So if you missed it, uh, come back next week. Uh, there'll be child care available. So come if you are able to make that. Let's, um, let's jump in. Grab your Bible. Open it up to Ruth. Right after Judges, there's a book called Ruth. Okay, so the next two weeks, we're going to go through, we're going to do this whole book. It's only four chapters. It's real easy to do. And I'm always a little intimidated to, to preach on a, on a book or, or a topic or whatever that my wife has done an intense Bible study about because she's going to be sitting there like, ooh, ooh, there's this one point. Oh, Brady, don't forget this. And like, I know I'm going to miss stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to like point out all the deeper meanings and the things that she already knows. And so um, I'm sorry, honey. Just please forgive me. But look at the book of Ruth. If you don't have your own Bible with you, please come back to church. Just, like, let's pretend like this is school. Do not show up to Miss Parsons' class without your textbook. That, I don't, do you even use textbooks anymore? Yeah, you do. Yeah, make sure you bring your textbook with you to class so that you'll have it available. If you have a, a device where you can look up your phone, look it up on your phone or whatever, you can do that as well. So the book of Ruth. And if there was a title, if I could give a title to the sermon today, it would be Faithfulness Rewarded. Faithfulness Rewarded. So the last two weeks we talked about fear. Last week we talked about faith. And we looked at the faith of Daniel and his friends and how they believed and how God delivered them even in, even in the midst of just difficult circumstances. Their faith over, overcame difficult times. And so... In this story, which is what really kind of got me started on this, this thought, is that, that the characters in this story, all of them exercise some type of faith. And we will see that all throughout the text. We're going to get through two chapters today, okay? We're going to get through two chapters in the book of Ruth, and we're looking at faithfulness rewarded. And so Ruth is just one of the people in the story. So we've got to make sure we know the characters in the story, okay? And so let's pretend... That uh, over here is Bethlehem, all right? Bethlehem is where uh, the story first takes place. There's a guy named Elimelech, Elimelech, Elimelech. I feel like singing the, uh, the one song off of the Lion King. For some reason, that just comes to my mind when I think about Elimelech. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I knew you would laugh. That's funny because it was stuck in my head every time. So there's this man named Elimelech, all right? And he has a wife named Naomi, okay? So you got a man and a woman, and they have two sons, Malon and Kilion, all right? So there's how many people now? Four people. Elimelech, Naomi, Malon, and Kilion. Okay, so they're in Bethlehem, uh, the land of Judah. The Beth Bethlehem is actually called the house of food. The ironic thing was, was there was no food in the house. And so they were starting to get hungry. And they had to make a decision, like a lot of people in Florida had to make a decision. Do we stay or do we go? Should I stay or should I go now, all right, is the question. Now you got that song stuck in your head, all right? You're going to be really confused when you walk out here today. You got all these things going on. So they had to make a decision, and ironically, they left 
their home and they went to a land where they were probably not the most popular people because where they were going to was a place called Moab. And they had not had a great relationship with the Moabites. They didn't like each other. And there was a, it was not, well, it's probably, I mean, Canada and the U.S., I'm sure the relationships are a little better than what was going on with the Israelites and the Moabites. But they left this land that was their own and they went to Moab. So they traveled. If you look on a map in the Bible, it looks like as a crow flies, maybe 40 miles straight across, but they had to go up and around to get there. And so they get to Moab where at least there was food and there was something to eat. And it says while they were there, Elimelech died. So they have Naomi who now has lost her husband. And in that culture, that's devastating. I mean, in our world, it's devastating. But in that culture, it's really devastating. But at least she had two sons left. Two men who could grow up and take care of her. But it says they lived there for 10 years. And then Malon and Kilion both died. And then Naomi was left desolate. And the only people she had left in her life were Malon and Kilion's wives. Malon married a woman named Ruth. And Kilion married a woman named Orpah. So let's look at the story. Ruth chapter 1. All right, we're just going to, hey, we're in church. We're just going to read the Bible today. What do you think about that? We're just going to read the Bible. You you okay with that? All right, here we go. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. By the way, Malon means weakling. Why would you do that to your son? I mean, you've just cursed the poor kid. Your name now means weakling. All right, good luck with that in middle school. All right, it's going to be brutal for you. Just saying. They were Epaphrathites and from Bethlehem in Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moab, Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion, who also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for, for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown your, to, to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. And they said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I am, going to, am I going to have any more sons that could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. And if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight, then gave birth to two sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. So listen, a couple different times you're going to hear Naomi and and it may be that in your life at some particular point you can resonate with Naomi and you can feel like the Lord's hand has gone out against me. 
And at this very, it says, at this, they wept again. And then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So you just kind of wonder, right, what's going on in the two of them? You got, you got two daughter-in-laws. They've both been with Naomi all this time. But for some reason, Orpah said, you know what? It's better for me to go back. But Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, uh, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever be ever so severely if anything but death separate you and me. So just even in that particular moment, I see some faith. In Ruth, Faith is willing, based on her relationship with Naomi, to go to a place that she does not know of. But she's going to trust Naomi that this is going to be better for her than staying where she was. When Naomi determined, or when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on their way until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived at Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Sounds like a small town, doesn't it? You know, you come back home and you're like, oh, is that her? It's been like 10 years. Does it even look like her? She got, her hair's different or whatever. You know, I'm sure there's some talking going on amongst the women and maybe some men, but probably the women for sure. She says, don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. So Ruth, uh, chapter 2. All right, so you get the story. So Naomi's back now. She's with Ruth. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing, whose name was Boaz. Boaz plays a huge role as the story unfolds. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. There was some bold faith in Ruth at this particular moment. She's a foreigner in a in a strange land, and she says, let me go into this, this field and let me just pick up grain. She took a huge chance. She might not have been welcome there. They could have mistreated her. They could have thrown her out. They could have probably stoned her, whatever it was. But she was, she was willing to take this chance. And I think a lot of it has to do with her relationship with Naomi and how much she loved Naomi and how much she trusted her because Naomi took care of her, and now she is wanting to take care of of her. Off to the side of my Bible, I wrote Peru, because while we were in Peru a couple different times visiting Paul and Yesenia, we used to watch women walk along the side of the road gleaning grain from the side of the road from trucks that would drive by and the grain would fall out of the trucks or blow out of the trucks. Think about that. Some of you are like, man, I just hate going to the grocery store. What a drag. I don't know, spend an afternoon walking alongside the road picking up enough corn to make some food for yourself that night and keep it in perspective. Can I get an amen or an oh my, something? 
I mean, like, there are people in the world that this, and, you, and I've seen, we went to the village up above the orphanage, and we saw, we saw the little bags of corn with rocks and whatever, and they separated out so they can make enough bread or enough tortillas or whatever for that night, gleaning what they could just get for that particular day. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters, As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Listen, as it turned out, it's a big deal. And I want you, we're going to really, we're going to talk about this in just a minute. I want you to really think about as it turned out moments in your life. Where as it turned out, you just ended up in a particular job, or as it turned out, you ended up in a particular scenario where you just realized later on that God put me there for a purpose. As it turned out, there's no coincidence in this particular story. There's no like, oh God just, oh by the way, she just ended up in the field of Boaz. No, God had a purpose for her being in that field. And we're gonna figure out what that is. It's a, it's a purpose that reaches all the way forward to you and me today. So think about that phrase, as it turned out. And you can have some as it turned out moments in your life. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, greeted the harvesters. And just to give you a sense of who this man is, he comes into the field. He's like, the Lord be with you. And they said, the Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and was worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars that the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in the eyes, or in your eyes, that you notice me, a foreigner? Have you ever had one of those moments with God? Where you just, for a moment, why... Have I found such favor in your eyes, God? I mean, we are all foreigners. We're all foreigners in this world. We don't don't really belong here. I mean, as followers of Jesus, we're foreigners. And why, why at all have we found any kind of favor with a holy God? I don't know. Well, I, I, I do know. I mean, it's because of his love, his great love for people. And she's bowing down. She says, why have I found favor in your eyes that you notice me? And listen, Boaz gives the answer. And this is the part where faithfulness is rewarded. Ruth's faithfulness to Naomi. Naomi's faithfulness to Ruth. And it says, Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. 
May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort, and you have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. You see a picture of real humility in Ruth and great gratitude and thankfulness. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. And when she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to, the, to his men, Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stocks for her from the bundle and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about um, an ephah, which is about three-fifths of a bushel, they said. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had, had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her uh, mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relatives. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Dig deeper into that next week. Then the Ruth, then Ruth the Moabite, said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter in law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with these girls or with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the, until the barley and wheat harvest were finished, and she lived with her mother in law. So Ruth was married to Malon. And remember what I told you Malon's name was? What does his name mean? Weakling. She is about ready to enter into a deeper relationship with Boaz that's going to that's going to make a difference to all of us today. <laughs> and you know what Boaz's name means? His name means in him is strength. It's a beautiful picture. She goes from weakling to a man of standing whose name is strength. And just real quickly, to me, it's a picture of, of life apart from the Lord and life with the Lord. There's a picture that I took of a, a, um, a study that I was talking about that Trish had done. And there's a point I want to bring out to you real quick. So think about when Naomi was in Moab, in the story we heard that it said that she had heard that God had blessed his people in Bethlehem and she needed to return there. Okay, for one, I was curious, how do you think she heard about it? Wasn't Facebook. <laughs> Wasn't via email, right? She didn't get a phone call. Oh, hey, by the way, the harvest, man, it's incredible. Like, God's blessing has returned to the land. You need to get back here. Do you think maybe somebody went there to tell her? I would guess that's the only way she would have heard about it, right? Somehow, some way, the story got to her 
that, there is, that God was blessing Bethlehem again. Now, quick question, why wasn't Bethlehem being blessed in the beginning? What was going on? Well, if you read the story, it was the, it was the reason why some of us don't experience some of God's blessings in our lives at particular moments in our life because the people were, were um, they're just being disobedient. They're following the gods of their culture. They weren't following the God of the Bible. They were doing their own thing. And I hear people tell me this all the time, Brady, I'm just going to do me for a while. Man. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm like, you know what? That's great. But I knew what my life looked like when I was doing my own thing. And it was a house without bread. It was an empty life. And it's interesting how Naomi, they left their, their land a blessing and they went to a place where they probably weren't even really welcome. And she hears about what's going on in Bethlehem and listen to what it says. When Naomi was in the field of the, in, uh, the land of Moab or was in the land of Moab, she heard that the Lord had come to the aid of his people. So the great pastor and scholar Warren Wiersbe made this moving statement. How sad is it when people only hear about God's blessing but never experience it because they are not in the place where God can bless them. She missed it. <laughs> she missed it. And I think sometimes we miss it when we try to fix the problem ourselves in our own strength. When we think, you know what, God, you're, you're too slow. Um, I'm just going to go fix it myself. But here's the thing, don't get, don't get discouraged at that because I want you to, because I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Because even if you do miss it, God is so faithful that he'll bless you even in the midst of you missing it. Think about it. Even when we don't get it right in our flesh and even when we're not being faithful, God is faithful. Uh, do you hear me? Amen. God is faithful in that. Okay, and listen, that doesn't mean, well, shoot, that means I really have to do anything. God's faithful. He's going to fix it. No, you still want to listen. You still want to walk in obedience. But the hope is, even when we're missing out and blowing it, God's still got a purpose, and he's still got a plan. And he still has a reason for Ruth being there. He has a reason for Ruth meeting Boaz, because the relationship between Ruth and Boaz is going to blow us away next week. <laughs> it's going to blow you away. And if you want to read on and just read the rest of Ruth, you can. And you can you already get ahead of me. That's great. Because here's, here's a little hint. Ruth is one of four women in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. One of four women. So do you think it's some accident that even in the fact that here's Ruth or Naomi and Elimelech, that we're going to go, we're going to just try to solve this problem on our own. As it turned out, they meet Ruth. <laughs> and as it turned out, Ruth comes and gleans in the field of Boaz. And as it turns out, that relationship impacts you and me today. Because God is faithful. And God is patient isn't that good news? Right? That God is patient with you? Look at the person next to you and say, God is patient with you. And it's a good thing because you need all the help you can get, all right? God is patient with you. 
Even my brother Brady, who's such a dynamic man of God, God is patient with Brady. You know, God is patient with your pastor. And God is faithful. But as we finish up, as the worship team comes, there is a blessing in your faithfulness to him. And there is a blessing in your faithfulness to those in your circle of influence, those you come in contact with, those you live with in your home. Do you think Naomi loved Ruth so well that she wanted some of what Naomi had? I guarantee it. She left what was familiar and came to a land that was so unfamiliar to her because of this love that Naomi had for her. Do you think the way you love other people makes a difference? I guarantee it does. Matter of fact, your love and faithfulness demonstrates the love and faithfulness of, of a holy God. It does. And we see that in this particular example. I don't want you to miss some as-it-turned-out moments in your life. Maybe what it is that you're going through this morning, as it turned out, God wanted you to be here or be in that particular moment for a purpose, even though it's hard right now. The blessing is coming in this story. It's, it's more than just some food. It's more than just some bread. Redemption is coming. So no matter where you're at right now, okay, I know you're here. You're sitting in front of me. But no matter where you are right now in your current circumstance, as it turns out, God wanted you to be here. And as it turns out, he's got a purpose and a plan. And when, on the other end of it, when you see it, when you have that, now I get it. Now I understand. Because that moment's coming, but you've got to stay faithful. I think, for whatever reason, Orpah stayed and Orpah missed it. I don't know why. But Ruth... Maybe later Ruth went back and got Orpah and brought her to her. I don't know. But don't miss. Don't miss what the faithful God is doing right now in your life. So Brady, just come. Brady, come up here. And anybody else that just, maybe as it turns out you need prayer this morning and you just need someone to pray with you. There's something, uh, I think, extra powerful about just uh, stepping forward. Maybe, it's, maybe as it turned out, you were supposed to hear this message this morning. You say, you know what? $37 is nothing. I'm going to change the life of a kid uh, from this moment on. And you just say, I'm going to come. I'm going to take uh, one of these cards. Emerson. Here is Scarleth, Scarleth, Sophia, Fernando. And a name that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> but maybe... These little girls or these little boys are your opportunity to be faithful today. My guess is you're going to be fighting over them because there's only a few of them. There's a lot of you, all right? So first come, first serve. Talk to Justin. You probably can find more. You probably got access to more. This is not the only kids left in the world to be sponsored, I promise. But maybe that's you this morning. So, so whatever God's doing in your heart, we got a couple of us up here to pray. So come and pray.